Hey everybody, DM Jazzy Hands here with a quick pre-show announcement. Unfortunately, on Monday when I was editing this episode together, I had gotten about two-thirds of the way through and had a disaster. The entire episode was completely wiped from my computer. I managed to get everyone else's audio tracks back, but unfortunately, the only remaining vestige of my audio track was from a backup recording taken on my phone. You'll definitely notice a difference in sound quality between my voice and everyone else's, and I do apologize for that, but it was the best I could do after I recovered from my blinding red fury and rage over what had happened. Anyway, it's totally listenable, but you'll notice some differences in quality, and for that I do apologize. Hope you enjoy the episode anyway. Happy gaming, y'all! This week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hams, and with me I have Miss Dira, Kit, Bria, and Flick. Last week, the party accepted the help of a large tentacled being, best referred to as a sky aboleth. Or do you all prefer air aboleth? Because we air. <laughs> the creature assisted our adventurers in landing their ship, Bria's demise, on the southern island, where they found a gleaming metallic harbor waiting for them. Knowing that they're almost certainly at the center of whatever the party plans to do here, Bria used her connection to the fire shield to locate this island's three keys. To her surprise, she felt not three, but four kernels somewhere on the island. Before she could examine the fourth one too closely, however, the feeling vanished, leaving only the expected three keys behind. What's going on with that fourth key? Is it, in fact, a tiefling trick, as the ever-suspicious Bria believes? And what else are adventurers going to find on this brand new island? Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hello. I feel like I Come just, on I was about to win a car. <laughs> yes, exactly that. I'm angling to replace Drew Carey on The Price is Right. Thank you very much. Hey. I'm absolutely not. I don't want that job. Thank you Are you much. sure? Yes. I Wait, do. But oh, important man. point of clarification. Bria, you don't think it's a tiefling trick. You think this is an Azamar trick, right? I don't think it's a trick. I think somebody. <laughs> She's like, everyone's wrong. So <laughs> teleported onto this island and was maybe checking in with him or whatever, and then teleported back. I still don't entirely trust our sister. So I was wondering if maybe she popped over here to be like, hey, heads up, they're, they're coming, and then went back to the island and it could have been super quick. Quick and I don't know. I want to trust her. Do you? I do, actually. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, That's okay. All I have to say about good, good story, Bria. <laughs> no, I do want to trust her. I want her to be on our side, but I, I just don't. She, she wasn't entirely forthcoming about what really happened with them, and we don't. I don't feel like we have the full story from her, and I hope she comes back because it's fun to play with her. But. Um, <laughs> We'll have to see. All right. I mean, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, I mean, we're already talking about the law. Should we, should we jump into it? It's only been a few minutes, but like, I, or we can talk about, I don't know, haunting at Bly Manor. I watched no. the trailer last night. How is it? I mean, we're on episode seven, uh, and I know this isn't this episode's not coming out for like three weeks, but it's been out for two days, and we're on episode seven, so. Oh, and it's, um, they have British accents, right? Like, they're British? <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, it's set in England, uh, and all of them except for one character are English, yeah. Mm, mm. You know how I feel about that? I love. I do. They mostly do a really good job, too, I have to say. Oh, good. Is anyone else excited about the last seven episodes of Supernatural? Because I'm. Uh, you know what? Me one. personally, absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you? Uh, no. <laughs> I am. I just wanted to be in solidarity with my friend, I think. I appreciate your. your, your You're welcome. Vote of confidence. I am excited about um, watching a Princess and the Frog or Monsters Inc. Yes. Or Nightmare Before Christmas for the 278th <gasps> time. Yes. She loves it. She loves her wow. some Nightmare Before Christmas. It's terrifying, so good for I her. I know. She, I don't I think she gets that quite yet. scared of that. But she really likes the music, and it's a different kind of animation than she's ever seen before. But the tough thing is his lyrics are really hard to track, so it's not like you can listen to the song a couple times and get it. I've had to be, like, looking at the lyrics because she really wants Mommy to sing. So she'll be like, Mommy, sing Jack's song. And I'm like, oh I God. don't. I know three words of Jack's song. I mean, it's too bad that I don't sing because I could literally just sing all of yeah, them. You the could. Entire, yeah, yes, word for you word. Could. Go for it. Uh, no. Jack's song is What's This? Um, Aren't they doing, isn't there like a Broadway reading that they're doing with a bunch of like actory fun people? Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah, me yeah, too. Same. same. Of what? So, of Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Oh, I didn't know that. So I do have a bone to pick with movie versus soundtrack of Nightmare Before Christmas because Uh one of my favorite little things in the movie is when he's in Christmas Town and he's singing Mm -hmm. what is this uh, or what's this you have the little elves go by and they go la 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 la. it is not in the fucking soundtrack it's not and that is in fact her favorite part so we sing it every time because it's her she loves the la la's so as wild as this is I just realized that this conversation is perfect because this episode's coming out on the 28th (laughs) Oh, yay, yay. Yay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Happy spooky, um, everybody. Ooh. <laughs> it's a spooky episode. Did you guys? Oh my God. Have you guys watched the John Oliver where he's like one of yeah. these things is like, and now this, and it's like every, all the newscasters like, it's spooky season. And it's like, oh, I didn't even know spooky thing. season was a thing until I watched that. I didn't either, but I haven't watched the news in. Fuck it. Like, I can't even tell you how long. The only news no, I, I see is I'm Sky gonna go News ahead and say from four the years since you watched the news. I'm going to go ahead and say that. <laughs> four years. Yeah, truly. That's when everyone... Truly. Basically. Um, I, have to, I have a confession to make. I, I kind of want to be a pumpkin spice mom. Um, Not that I like specifically... I don't think I've ever had a pumpkin spice latte, but I... Oh, why? Okay, we'll get to that made, later. Okay, okay, we'll get there. Quarantine has made me like want to um, get like diffusers and put them all around the house with like cinnamon and just like I just like so badly want it to be fall. I want to like get a wreath and put it on my door and put pumpkins on the steps leading up to my door. Oh my like, god, I just, just wanna, come to my house. It makes me want to do the whole thing. Um, but I I'm too afraid to go to to TJ Maxx, so um, it's not gonna happen. I have the perfect suggestion for the best way to like get you some fall. Move the fuck out of Los Angeles. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I so yeah. desperately I fall weather fall clothing is like my favorite type of clothing. The I clothes, love sweaters, yes. I love layering, I love Sweatshirts. the colors. I'm loving on I'm still playing Animal Crossing because I can't stop because otherwise I'll miss a day and it's just I'm done. My <laughs> island is done. It's designed, but I can't help myself. It's terrible. Um but um 
she said like dress up for fall so i've been wearing like oranges and pretending but then it's like 90 degrees outside of my house it's just not it's just a hard life you know Mm -hmm. this might be our record for longest intro it's it's pretty long and i i would like to know what you all are doing next so so we're gonna hop in if that's cool (laughs) spooky halloween everybody let's jump in So you all have arrived at this harbor here on sort of the eastern side of the southern island. Uh, You have docked the ship, you've tied the ship up. Uh, Sniv has gotten off the ship with you all, at least for now. He sort of is not entirely sure what he wants to do next, but, uh, you know, he's at least gotten onto uh, onto land with you all. Bria used the sort of locate key ability of her fire shield uh, and located the three keys of this island and a mysterious rope. Rogue key. Uh, the, There's the a rogue sort of... key. I'm gonna need. Oh my god! <laughs> I uh, knew you were the... gonna make that joke. <laughs> I didn't, but I really should have. Uh, yeah, so, but that, that mysterious fourth key, uh, very quickly the, the mental imprint of it disappeared after after you noticed it, Bria. Uh, and so what are you all doing? What's the plan? You're still on the pier at this point. Does uh, Bria relay? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like Biz had such a nice like beach experience on the last one. I feel like she needs to have some generic experience on a harbor. Like, does she need to, like, stand at the end and, like, look out wistfully at the water? Or does she need to see if they sell ice cream on the pier? Like, ha! what? what is what is there to do for Bazira that is kitschy <laughs> and foresty? What is there to do for <laughs> Bazira? Amazing. Amazing question. There's a little shop that you can go into with little knickknacks. No, it, it well since it's something specifically for you, and it's kind of like a little dojo. You can just go in there and fight for a little bit. That's specifically for you. Nobody like that. No. <laughs> okay, it's a rope and dojo shop. How about that? <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> Very good. Uh, so there really isn't anyone around, actually. Uh, all of the construction of the pier, as, as Bazir looks around for something to leave her mark, um, <laughs> He's gonna pee no on one it. is really around. The construction <laughs> is the construction of everything is really quite solid and quite impressive, uh, and you know, it looks completely abandoned, but. Either somebody is coming out and uh, you know doing upkeep on this place, or it hasn't been abandoned very long because you know you don't see a ton of rust on all the metal and things are fairly clean. So I, I think your best option, Bazir, is to you know gonna go out, stand at the end of the pier, and look wistfully into the distance. Okay, she's gonna do that for like two minutes and then be like, all right, two good. minutes, two That's minutes, so long. Time. <laughs> you might as well meditate out there. I think we just leave her there. <laughs> Actually, while this is happening, though, I forgot the last episode. Um, I am gonna take my drawing um of us and uh the keeper that i had drawn me and flick with a heart over us because i was fighting with kit um (laughs) and i'm actually i'm gonna add biz to it and i'm gonna add kit to it and then i'm gonna put a speech bubble over kit um and it's gonna say um blah 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 i'm kit i was wrong i was wrong (laughs) to be fair i was not wrong (laughs) I'm going to sign it, and then I'm going to hand it to her. I feel like while Bria does that, Biz will be at the end of the pier, like, wistfully. Yeah, Yeah, that's 100% at the same time. You going to take it, kid? I look at it, and I want to steal the pencil out of Bria's hands and fix the words in my speech bubble. Ooh, Uh, let's call it sleight of hand versus... So sleight of hand from Kit versus... Steve's oh, tools. Right. 
<laughs> no, I think it's opposed sleight of hand checks. So both of you roll sleight of hand. Well, I'm going up against a rogue. That's not really fair. <laughs> Mine's actually not. You're you're not super wrong. Great. I don't, you don't have expertise in sleight of hand, do you? Mm-mm. I don't even have proficiency yeah. in it somehow. That doesn't make any that sense. That makes, it does a little bit. When was the last time you tried to pickpocket somebody, Bria? <laughs> right now, DM Jesse. <laughs> I got your watch. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. Oh my god. All right, what did you all get? Uh, Flick, I can't, no. god mother fucking shit balls, joke. damn it. Uh, I got a 13. Oh my god. A 13. <laughs> and Bria, how about you? Uh, I got a, a 16. <laughs> uh, so, so, Kit, you try and snatch the, the pencil, but Bria manages to hold the pencil away from you, but you do have possession of the drawing at the very least. Okay, I'm assuming it's like a charcoal drawing or something, right? Okay, then An I'm just gonna... Pen. It's straight up pen. <laughs> no, I doubt <laughs> it. Uh, I'm assuming it is charcoal or a pencil. And I'm just gonna smudge out the part that said <laughs> blah, 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 I'm kid. <laughs> I was wrong. So now it just says blah, 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 I'm kid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Also and I am equally satisfied with that. So I'm gonna leave it alone. Yeah. Yep, that's fair. <laughs> And now I'll keep it, it so it. that I have a Bria original to sell whenever we go mm-hmm. back to Whenever the she cobalt. dies. Whenever we decide to include a gold economy in this game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I wasn't thinking about breaking some of the metal off of these buildings to sell somewhere. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was my first thought. We don't know what type of metal it is. It's good to know that Bria's brain immediately goes to like copper wire scavenger. I love it. (laughs) I'm playing a rogue. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Not wrong. All right. What are you? Okay. So Vizier has had her two minutes looking out wistfully. You've drawn things. You've fixed things. Flick, dare I ask? I would actually like to do something um, maybe useful. Not an insult to any of you. I've rather enjoyed uh, the beginning of this episode. I would like to go up on my broom very, very high and see what I can see of this island. Yeah, so you uh, you begin to fly up. Uh, and again, like, the trees here are very tall. Perhaps, uh, maybe a nature check. Mm, Did we make nuts. it to the Redwood Forest? Is that what's happening? <laughs> it's an eight. Um, you've never seen trees this tall. Uh, oh, there's wow. not necessarily anything un- unnatural about them, but they are very robust, very tall trees. So as you sort of fly up, uh, you do catch sight of uh, what looks like actually a... It's a road, but the road has been... The trail, the path, whatever, has been covered over. The ground has been sort of covered over by by what looks like stone, but it doesn't look like it's like a cobblestone road. It just looks like one long piece of stone uh, that is that has sort of been, well, that is has cre- that creates, that is this road uh, that goes into, goes, leads from the back side, the opposite side of the terminal that you all are uh, near to, uh, and goes into the forest and sort of leads inland. As as far as you can see, uh, it's the only sort of road anywhere around this edge of the island. Uh, And you watch as it sort of enters the woods, and that looks also like sort of the only, or I will say the easiest access point into the woods. The woods are pretty densely packed 
Uh, and so getting in would require, if you don't go via the road, it's gonna require quite a bit of like moving through brush and foliage and such. Um, but beyond that, beyond the forest line, it actually, you know, you can fly up super high, even if you were to fly sort of above the trees, uh, for a good distance, it just is canopy. You know, maybe if you flew like air aboleth height, you might be able to see, but, but that would then start to be kind of dangerous for you. Uh, mm -hmm. So. Is the road leading towards where I felt the pings? Uh, yes, in that they're both leading sort of inland and presumably like towards, at least for now, towards the center of the island, yeah. Hmm, okay. So I'll come back down to the pier, relay that information, and now I'm interested in this tall building in front of us at the end of the pier. Um, there are crystal doors uh, like transparent crystal doors leading from the pier into this big metal box. Uh, makes it sound not very attractive, but anyway. Um, and there is uh, there is a a sign uh, above the crystal doorways uh, written in a language that I do not believe you recognize. Is it draconic? Because I read draconic. It is weirdly. <laughs> It's uh, not we, draconic. We all read draconic. Question, do we have to go through this building to get off the pier? Uh, you don't have to. No, you could go around it. It, You know, the pier sort of leads to it, but there is space to, to walk around the building if you wanted. Can I just peer in through the crystal to see what's inside? Yeah, so the inside uh, appears less well kept than the outside. Just you can see there's a bit of dust build up on the floor. Uh, and, and inside, you sort of, you can see that it leads sort of to a, a hallway inside that goes off to the left and right. It's hard to see very far down the halls from outside those crystal doors. Um, but what you see in there is just uh, sort of dark, dusty, uh, you know, shadowy figures. And you can see uh, not shadowy, like people, oh. sorry. Shadowy, <laughs> like Thank you for that clarification. I was like, I'm sorry. It's dark in there. So whatever whatever is in there, whatever like furniture or or structures <laughs> or whatever are inside are in shadow is what I meant to say. I just, I just imagine that like she's looking through the glass door and all of a sudden there's like a man in a cloak just like tiptoes by. <laughs> <laughs> Shadowy figures. Very good. Um, way on the far side, uh, you know, probably what looks like the opposite side of the building, you can just make out that there appear to be another set of crystal doors, which you only sort of notice because they're also letting a bit of light in from that side. Um, although it's, you know, it's a little before midday at this point, so the sun is on y'all's side of the building, so there's not a ton of light coming in from that other side. Interesting. Should we check out inside? Can we try to open the door? Are there handles? Uh, there are. There are little, small, again, metallic, uh, like, loops on the, on the doors uh, that you can pull on. <laughs> or, or push, I guess, but that's not going to go great for you. Yeah, I'll pull on them. Pull. Yeah, yeah they open. They open right up. What a surprise! That's how doors work. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they open right up, uh, and and you all have solved my door puzzle. No, you've gotten access to the terminal. This is my great. favorite part of the season, where you all have just arrived somewhere and have we're like no idea what to do next. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think before we go in, we should probably like say bye to Sniv and like. So so that's you know, that's a great point actually, Bria uh, and Sniv. Uh, you know, sort of. Uh, wants to know should should he come with you should he just stay on the ship which which has provisions for a, for a few more days because uh, you know who was to say what was going to happen on the journey over here and how long it would really take uh, but you know if y'all are going to be here more than a couple of days Sniv's going to start to to run a little low on provisions 
I, I mean, I feel like Sniv should come with us, and like if we get into any sort of situation, he can always backtrack. But given that we don't know what we're getting ourselves into, seems seems smarter to stick together. Okay, I just don't want him getting hurt. Yeah, I think he is well protected with the thing in the air, the mm-hmm. air tentacles. But I think um, just we don't know when we're going to come back here or we don't know if we're going to like get stuck somewhere. Or, you know, mm-hmm. that's my only hesitation. He does also, for what it's worth, when Kit suggests that, he does look a, a little relieved, like that he didn't want to like, you know, impose upon the adventuring party, but he's not super upset about being asked to come along. Sweet. All right. Sniv has joined the party. <laughs> um, Does he get to level? Absolutely not. So, <laughs> Why? Uh, <laughs> because you just said you didn't want him getting hurt, so he ain't gonna be fighting, so he ain't gonna earn XP. <laughs> not that we level via XP here, but anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> so Bazdira's gonna walk in and uh, be kind of she's she's gonna be gentle on the floor and as quiet as possible as she goes up to where the there's two hallways to the left and right kind of peer around them uh yeah so as you walk in you you immediately sort of uh you can what do you this is ready for a left field question is your what do you wear on your feet uh i'd say leather leather suit shoes like soft shoes not combat boots or steel toe boots she's very, very like she's she's a monk she everything is like soft and supple i, I and... honestly was assuming uh, that would have been my guess but i was asking mostly to see if you wore anything uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah she has she is something they're not much of something but they're they're okay. something yeah. or something all right fine so you walk in and you immediately you know they're they're thin enough that you can like feel the ground and they're, but they're you know strong and supple whatever so you immediately can feel that <laughs> the floor here underneath the dust is this sort of highly polished stone uh, and it's almost a little with the dust on top it's almost a little slippery uh, not dangerously so but it's not it's definitely not like the surface texture that you were expecting. Can I interject with a random little story that is... I have not been able to stop you in 170 episodes, so please go right ahead. So a couple weeks ago, we went to the zoo. So you know how at a playground, they have that like soft, softer material that's just kind of like squishy, right? So they have that every once in a while around um, sections. And so we were walking behind this family and keeping distance and all that and <laughs> there was a parents and like a little girl who was like no more than two or three years old and she was like walking on the concrete and then she got on the soft part and she just stopped and she just went <laughs> and the mom had to come over and like pick her up because she could not handle suddenly being on soft squishy ground it was <laughs> oh, adorable no. that's wild and adorable i love it, was, it. so well, Bizdira starts to cry that's exactly <laughs> what i was gonna say <laughs> She, she's just going to turn back and be like, it's slippery. Because <laughs> she doesn't know what's in here. I know, I love it. As you look to the left and the right, you know, just to look down those hallways a little bit that you couldn't really see outside the building, um, there's really nothing there. There's sort of these big, long, sort of perfectly rectangular corridors. Uh, you can sort of see that it, it looks like there used to be things here because you can see outlines on the walls and the floor where there's, not that there's less dust, the dust looks pretty even, but you can see that like, 
sections are slightly discolored where maybe there was something in front of it so the paint didn't, you know, dull from light or, or whatever it is, right? But other than that, there's, there's really nothing much down either of the hallways. And you can see more clearly the other set of crystal doors on the other side of the building. I want to do like a little, like not anything crazy. I don't want to go far. I want to do just like little slides because I assume that I'm also wearing kind of soft shoes. So I just want to kind of slide my way through the room instead of walking. I'm just going to slide. Acrobatics check. Cool. Ha, 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 ha. It's a 27. You are floor skating. You are figures, you are ice figure skating on the ground of this terminal. And I'm spelling out with my feet, blah, blah, blah. I'm <laughs> Kit. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of you leave Bria behind because it takes four and a half hours. Um, <laughs> it's cursive. Uh, so Bria and Bizdier are in there. Kit and Flick and, and Sniv, I assume, are following. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Anything, I mean, are you going straight for the opposite crystal doors? Are you anything else in this building? Are there any magical items hidden in here? No. Great, let's go. And there, there are no other doors like within the terminal? Uh, not immediately obvious. The, the, I will say the hallways are long, like longer than your 60 foot dark vision. So you can't see to the end of either of these hallways. The building's pretty big. Uh, but from where you're standing sort of right in the center here, you don't notice any other doors, no. Uh, Ms. Deer's gonna say back in a flash and she's just gonna like, like take off running down one of the hallways. Careful, Amazing. slippery. Left or right? Uh, right. Okay, so you run down uh, this and just like keep an eye for things. You do, as you get down maybe, I don't know, 30, 40 feet, uh, you begin to see that there are a few doors uh, not these are not crystal doors. These appear to be metallic doors uh, in the walls of of the building. They make me I don't know. I'll buy insight, wisdom insight. I would also buy I guess like intelligence investigation, but I think your wisdom's better. It's thirteen. The door, these doors that you're seeing feel like they're probably like some sort of like uh, service door. Maybe they're like not. If this is a public building, these doors are not necessarily like meant for common public usage. And the only, the, the thing that sort of tips you off to that is you do notice at the very end of the hall, which you eventually come into sight of, there is another smaller set of crystal doors there with nice door handles. Whereas these metallic doors just have like round, very simple. There's nothing flashy about them like these crystal doors. So yeah, that's that's sort of what you pick up going down that hallway. Can I just try to open one of them? Uh, one of the metallic ones? Yeah. It's locked. Okay. All right, she'll run back. I'm going to say locked doors. Wanting to push us along to be like, we don't need to adventure in this place. We need to kind of get to our purpose and get to our goal. So I'm going to, unless anybody is against that, I'm going to kind of be pushing us along to start heading towards where we're feeling the pings. Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master DM Jazzy Hands here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, we stand with Black Lives Matter and our black siblings fighting for justice. That fight is not over just because we're tired. Second of all, if you're one of our listeners who also happens to be an American citizen, vote! Early voting has begun in most states that make it available and official election day is coming up, so make a plan and make your voice heard. Third of all, happy almost Halloween! Fourth of all, if you're enjoying the episode so far, 
it would be eerie if you could pop on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get our podcasts from and leave us a rating and a review. We'll always read five-star reviews on the air as soon as we're able, and the more of them we get, the more visible the show becomes and the more people we get to listen. It doesn't have to take more than just a few seconds. It really does help us out a ton, and it's been a while since we got to read a new review. We were so lucky for a while to have a bunch in a row, and now we want more. We also, of course, want to remind everyone that we have our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge to get access to all kinds of cool patron perks like early access to certain episodes, character sheets for the PCs, and much more. In addition, by supporting our Patreon, you'll also be supporting multiple other content creators across the Patreon sphere via our Patreon at Forward program. More information on the program and a list of the creators that we're patronizing are available on our Patreon page. Right now, I want to take a minute to recognize some of our awesome patrons and thank them so very, very, very much for their support. Thank you to our Heralds of Denier, Shimmy Gangot, Tanya, and Sir Mox the Magnificent, to our honorary party member, Matthew Allen, and to our Shimmerscale tribe leaders, Eugenio, Eliyahu of Merck Grove, Lisa Diane Mercado Etheridge, and Misty. Since it is the end of the month, we also want to shout out our Shimmerscale council members, Nat Rose, Tony Ayelis, The Geekery, Lucas Hokum, Steffi Bernard, River Daniel, Stephen Mosley, Verpio, Kin, Sam Ellis, Rob Murphy, Aaron Stevens, Kelsey G, Jay Sprigg, Gordon Ross, Tyree Pace, and Sam Rodman. If you want to get shoutouts on the show and much, much more, hop on over to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge and become a patron today. As usual, a quick reminder about our partnership with Codename Entertainment and Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. We have a free gold chest code for Idol Champions in our episode notes every single week. So if you play that game or if you want to start playing, download it. And when you're in there, go and check out our episode notes, put the gold chest code in and get free goodies to help you along. Of course, we want to thank Battle Bards, Scott Buckley, and Kevin McLeod for the music that you hear on our show. You can find their collections at battlebards.com, scottbuckley.com.au, and in comptech.filmmusic.io, respectively. As always, you can, of course, also check out the episode notes to find specific track names, artist names, and links. If you ever get adventures, character options, new monsters, or anything at all from the DMs Guild or from any of the drive through family of websites, be sure to use our affiliate links found on our website and in the episode notes when you shop there so that TLR gets a portion of your purchase. It's like Amazon Smile, but make it D&D. We also want to thank D&D Beyond for their support of our podcast and for being generally amazing in every way possible. If you aren't already a D&D Beyond fan and user, go check out their services at dndbeyond.com. You won't regret it. Yet another reminder as the weather begins to turn towards fall that The Last Refuge has a merch store. You can go to bit.ly slash TLR merch store to check out the sweatshirts, t-shirts, buttons, drink koozies, and everything everything else we have available there. And once you receive your items, take a picture, put it on social media, tag us, and we want to see all the cool stuff out in the world. Finally, there is still one more opportunity to sling some dice with me this weekend if you're interested. On Saturday, Halloween Day, I'm running a special spooky one-shot with Tabletale Games, which, if you'll remember, was the gaming company that Alejandro Te, who played Tide, is one of the co-founders of. I'm going to be running my very first published adventure, A Haunting in Brenton, and as of Monday, when I'm recording this, there are just a couple of seats left at that table. So you can get more information and sign up for that game by going to tabletalegames.com slash crit or treat and finding my listing there. All right, I think that covers all of our announcements for this week. Thanks so much for listening. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, please wear a mask, and happy gaming, y'all. 
So yes, you all, uh, you know, Bizdeer comes back, sort of reports back and, and nothing really of interest in that direction. So you head to the other bigger, big set of crystal doors uh, that you can see. And just out to you, again, you know, metallic loops that you can use to, in this case, push the doors open. Uh, and just, just on the outside, you see the beginning of this weird stone road, this sort of gray stone solid slab road that begins. And just off to the left side of where the road sort of begins is another sign. Uh, this one sort of, sh it's wooden, shaped uh, a bit like an arrow pointing down the road with, again, a word that none of you recognize. This feels right to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling we should follow that arrow. Flick is Flick is currently checking to see if he knows Comprehend Languages. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's exactly guess. what I was yeah. doing. And I <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to know what it says. You sure it's not abyssal, celestial, um, dwarvish, infernal, nothing? Or thieves can't? Or druidic. <laughs> oh my god, it's 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 actually a pigeon of druidic and thieves can't. No, it's absolutely not. But that is really funny. Uh, no, it is, it is none of those things. All right. Okay, I feel like if the road is heading towards where we're feeling the ping, we might as well follow the road until it wavers. Yes? Great, until yep. it isn't, sure. Sure. All right. So you all head down this road. It is kind of an odd sensation to walk upon this particular road. Uh, Bizdira because... starts crying the second she steps on it. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to keep that story in the episode. Uh... <laughs> it's a cute story. It is a cute story. Yeah, it's a little bit odd to sort of walk on this stone slab all the time. You know, you all have been have been used to, even if you're walking on rock, you know, there are texture differences and imperfections. And this road is just, this block of, of stone or whatever it is, is just smooth all the way in to the woods. I picture Kit like getting off of the road so she can feel like the dirt <laughs> beneath her. <laughs> I, the only other person, like I feel like Kit also probably has supple leather boots. Mm -hmm. Flick, what about you? Because right now as a ranger bard, I can see soft supple leather boots, but I, I don't know if that's what you came to this world wearing. So what are, what is, what are you wearing on your feet? I have never in my life DM'd a game where I focus so much on the texture of the road, but anyway. Yeah. Um, it definitely, because I have armor on. I don't know if the footwear is a part of the armor. Like, I don't know if that's like an armed part of, I, I don't know. But I think probably some sort of sturdy boot, because I am, in fact, somewhat of a ranger. I don't know. Probably something like that. Are, are you wearing like steel-toed Doc Martens? Is that what it is? Like, oh my God. 16 whole Doc Martens. Maybe take away the steel toe, but yeah, I'll take some Doc Martens. Did sure. one of us end up with Dorothy shoes? <gasps> are they red? They were red. They were red, but also they were tiny, and I'm pretty sure you had to leave them. Yeah, we had to leave right? them there. Yeah, weren't we they sometimes for, uh... use them as little finger oh shoes. Oh my God. You should just <laughs> cut me out of this whole episode. I should not be allowed to talk. Select all, delete. Basically, I'm just hoping that one of you is wearing like big ass, like eight inch stiletto heels. No. Uh, so <laughs> as as you're walking down the road, I think the thing that is a little, uh, that is particularly unusual uh, flick is that you like, it's difficult to walk quietly in those shoes on this road. Uh, and that's just a weird sensation, right? Like you can, you can walk slower and be careful, but like, it's so solid and so uh, uniform that your heels, you know, the heels of your boots kind of click a little bit when you when you step, which is just very unusual for you. One of my favorite things about my dress boots, but you know, that's real world stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love the idea of Snip wearing the stilettos. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, with an eye patch? Come yes. on. Oh my God, yes. Um, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think uh, Snip wears shoes, but if he did, <laughs> or, or let's say when he does. When he does. 
their stilettos that make him feel powerful and sexy. I can't help but picture the um, sexy Patrick from SpongeBob with oh. the, the fishnets and the boots mm-hmm. whenever he does like the splits or whatever. Yes. Um, all right, so you all can head down so this road weird. and eventually you reach the edge of the woods, these very, very tall trees, uh, and you head into the forest. Here in this forest, you realize that not only are these trees very, very tall, but they uh, they grow to a pretty massive height before they start sprouting branches, much like the redwoods, which actually I didn't really make that connection in my brain until you said it uh, this year. <laughs> but yeah, actually very similar, um, which just means that down here on ground level, uh, it's actually, as long as you stay on the road, it's actually pretty easy to move through. You're not fighting tree branches. The road has stayed pretty well uh, maintained. So there isn't a bunch of like, you know, low bush and vine encroachment upon the road. Uh, It's pretty open down here for the most part. Um, And so, you know, down you head, the canopy's fairly thick, so it does get a little darker down here, which Flick could have, you know, definitely given you the heads up for based on what he saw when he flew with his broom up above. And in you go, and (laughs) for all the world, it is just the most normal forest you all have been in in a long time. There's the sounds of animals and, you know, wind, and maybe you hear an occasional stream, and it's it's pretty normal, whatever that means. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> or is it? So uh, you all begin to to walk, and eventually you sort of lose sight of the entrance into the woods. Uh, you can no longer see sort of you know the terminal in the distance, and you've gone deep enough in. Bria, you're checking in, and 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 this all seems to be maintaining the correct bearing, at least for now. The road is fairly straight, hasn't really taken a ton of turns or anything. And, and, uh, yeah, that. Why don't I have you all make me wisdom perception checks, please? Flick. Dessa, nine. Kit. Nineteen. Bizdira. Twenty-one. Ooh, and Bria. I'm also a nineteen. All right. Uh, so, you three ladies, you three Asimar, I, I mean, you, you know, you're ready for anything. It's a new island. There are definitely creatures living in these woods, right? You can hear them. So, you know, to the extent with which any good adventure is a little bit on your guard all the time anyway, uh, you know, you're aware of your surroundings. Um, And eventually you get to a section where uh, the trees, you can see the trees are, many of the trees in this little, like maybe 30 foot stretch have these vines that have sort of wrapped up around them. The trees look fine. They don't look parasitic or anything like that. It doesn't look like, uh, you know, the vines are harming the trees, but they're all covered in what look like a single spiral vine that sort of goes up maybe eight or 10 feet. Um, It almost looks deliberate because it's just that one single, like, tendril, right? And as you all uh, approach, you see that, like I said, about 30 feet worth of trees uh, have those vines on them. I would like to roll a nature check, please. I would like for you to roll a nature check, please. Go ahead and do that. No, it's not. It's not good, everyone. <laughs> uh, it's it's a nine. I rolled oh a four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, you you can be pretty sure that the vines aren't harming the trees. It's unusual, but you know the the the. Uh, I don't know, they're vines on trees. What can be said? Maybe this is just how vines grow here on the Southern Island. Maybe we should leaf it at that. 
I, just, I thought it. Okay. Bizdira kind We're of. We're so lost. unwilling to listen to each other's jokes today. I know. <laughs> you said it's only like thirty feet ahead that there are these vines. Uh, it's about. It's a stretch. It's a stretch of about thirty feet of trees that have these vines. Yeah. Uh, Bizdira kind of wants to run through it, a la, like an obstacle course type thing of just like run and see what happens. Oh, interesting. That's sort of fun. Okay, yeah. I mean, you can get through it. Uh, you know, in about four and a half seconds. Yeah. So, uh, so she's gonna kind of like put her hand up and be like, just hold on one second and just fucking run. Great. So you, uh, you're like getting ready. You're excited. You're gonna take off and run, and you are faster than you had been before. You know, a few days on the on the ship, sort of allowing yourself to get some much-needed R&R, and apparently it has built up your leg strength, because you are, in fact, faster. This is where we reveal uh, that the players, the characters, have, in fact, made it to 10th level. Uh, and we're not going to do our we're not going to do our traditional leveling montage, but rather the players are going to discover their new abilities as we go. So Bazira, you just you can feel that you're just that just much faster. Super fast. Suddenly I hit 50 feet, and I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so you all watch as Bazira just motors down this road, gets to the other end. You do notice something strange happen as she passes down the road through these vines. The vines begin to. Uh, creep up the trunks very quickly as soon as Bazira begins to pass between them. And that's when you notice, Kit, the strangest thing about the vines, which is that they don't seem to be attached to anything. They're not growing out of the ground. They're just there. And you see them as not quite as fast as Bazira. She is very fast. But you see them sort of shoot up the trees and as they get to a height where there is, a, you know, some beginnings of branches, they, for lack of a better word, slither across the branches, all heading towards where Bizdira has run. And when they hit, they all sort of begin to collect as these vines, like, fan down the road. And as they hit the last few trees that have them, they sort of snap together and thud down onto the road. And this very large tangle of vines sits on the road and begins to then lift itself up on what appear to be sort of stubby legs made of vines. Two of the vines sort of sprout thorns uh, and begin to wave like tentacles. Uh, And you watch as this thing rotates. Oh yeah, I guess more tentacles. Uh, This thing rotates. Um, It's hard to say to face Bizdira, but uh, you know what I mean. Uh, And we should roll initiative. God. Time to choose another die. <laughs> All right, Biz Dira, what'd you get? Thirteen. Flick. I think this is the same as my last initiative, a five. <laughs> Hit. Eight. And Bria. Twelve. So this thing, Bizdira has her back to this thing initially, uh, which may explain why this thing gets a little bit of the jump on her. She's not surprised because I do think you would have noticed the vines moving. But as it moves uh, to attack you, Bizdira, I don't, th- you know, you sort of have to wheel around when you hear it moving. Uh, and it is, it is somewhat surprising. So this weird vine creature uh, throws its two thorny tendrils at you. Uh, And let's see how it does. The first one is a 25 to hit. Yeah, that will do. Second one is a 19 to hit. 
Yeah, sounds about right. So, Bizdira, you feel these thorns smack you. You can feel their thorn, sorry, you can feel these tendrils smack into you. The thorns begin to cut into you and they wrap around you. They both wrap around you and sort of hold you fast. So you are in fact grappled. Great. The, f- oh. the first tendril to wrap around you does 14 piercing damage. Okay. And the second does 16 piercing damage. So 30 in total? 30 in total. Ow! <laughs> She's going to scream. Excellent. Uh, so you are you are grappled by these by these tendrils. They are not, however, restraining you. So basically your speed is zero, uh, but otherwise your attacks are unaffected. And it is your turn with Bria on deck. Great. This is one thing. I would love to go straight into Radiant Consumption, but um, I don't want that to be my full action. So, all right. I'm going to attack three times. I'm going to try to punch and kick and bite. And, <laughs> and bite? Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, she's, you know, she's probably trying to, like, gnaw it off her arms. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, I, I I hear you. Holy Also, shit. gross, but I hear you. My... My dice are turning into kids' dice. So the lowest Uh-oh. is a 11. Does not hit. A 12. Does not hit. And a 15. Does not hit. Fuck me. Can I use a key point? Uh, yeah, if you want to try one more time. Sure. I'm going to use a key point. Try one more time because no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's better. That's going to be a 23. <laughs> oh, 23. Yeah, that hits. For seven points of bitey damage. Seven points of bitey <laughs> Seven points of fighting damage. All right, so you do manage to sink your teeth into one of these things, and a little bit of this, like, uh, this green sort of sticky sap comes shooting out, and uh, and you do seven damage can to I, the creature. Can I, can I use a free action to spit the stuff back at it? Go. <laughs> sure. Insult Great. to injury. Absolutely. Thank Maria, you. you are up. Um, will I get my sneak with Biz there? Yeah, she's not incapacitated. Okay. She's just grappled. So yeah, absolutely you Okay, will. so then I'm going to try my short bow against it. Ooh, for a 14? A 14 does not hit. You see the arrow sort of sink into the vines, but it just sort of gets consumed by it. It doesn't look like it did any damage. Okay, then just for good measure, I'm going to try to hide behind a tree. Just in case nobody's near it and I want to get my sneak next time, I'm going to try to hide from it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Go ahead and make me a, uh, whatever, dexterity self check. Uh, 25. Oh my goodness, she vanishes into the woods. I love it. So as Bria steps into the trees and just slips into the shadow of one, we move on to Kit. Cool. Toying around with the order of how I want to do these things. Uh-huh. Order of operations, man. Okay. So I'm going to cast a... Yeah. I'm going to cast a third level flaming sphere. So I'll cast it like out a little bit in front of me, and then I'll use my bonus action to propel it and ram it into this fine creature's head. Excellent. And the good news is that this creature does have a bit of a reach. So it's actually 10 feet away from Bazira, so you're not in any danger of being anywhere near her. Excellent. It's a dexterity save, yeah? Indeed. Six. Uh, yeah, that's not going to save. <laughs> How much damage does the spell do? It's been so long. I figured it out. Don't worry, y'all. <laughs> that's going to be 11 points of fire damage. And I'm paying particular attention to how... Uh, how much it looks like that hurt him or it or them. Uh, I think it's a plan. I think we can go with it and it hurt it very badly. 
uh, bits of the vines catch fire. You can see it begin to sort of arrive and flail. And in fact, in fact, you manage to right where uh, the the sphere hits it, you actually manage to shear off sort of another tendril that had poked out and was beginning to wave around. And so this tendril just like gets sheared off. You can see one end of it is seared and burned and it just sort of flops onto the ground uh, at next to next to where the creature is. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to like fire very much. Nice. Shocking. <laughs> so as, as a bit of smoke uh, begins to rise up, uh, and it does create smoke because, you know, green vines burning them, lots of smoke. Uh, Flick, we are up to you. Um, so to clarify, I saw Bria's arrow just being engulfed by this these bundle of vines. Yeah, but you think it was more like the aim was slightly off than the creature is immune to arrows. All right, all right. Um, so I'm actually going to cast... Uh, which one do I want to cast? I'm going to cast uh, Zephyr Strike on uh, myself, and then I'm going to shoot a uh, an arrow with my longbow. Do you this the creature. Do it. Um, and that's a crit, y'all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. We love it. We love to see it. And then I do an extra D8 of force damage. Now, now that is if you use the event, like that's the special thing that will end your Zephyr Strike. Are you using that? Yes. Okay, great. I mean, now it seems like a good time because you will get to have two D8 instead of just one since you crit. Yeah. Wait, but it's a D8 plus D8, but then it's yeah, also so it's another D8. Four, yeah, your longbow, so it's four D8s, actually. Oh my gosh, which is a lot of damage. I'm 23 damage on oh, that yes. one. And then um, I... Uh, Flick is just feeling um, extra speedy and extra brave, so he's just gonna take another attack, I think. <laughs> oh, yes! Nice. All right, and we we discover a, te- a new leveled up ability for Flick that he now has extra attack. Here we go, y'all. Uh, does a, a 19 hit? A 19 hits. Here we go. Uh, that's another five damage for that one. So we've gone from 23 to five. <laughs> you see Flick uh, draw and loose twice as fast as you have ever seen him. He has clearly been practicing, uh, and both arrows thunk into the creature. In fact, that first one, that first crit, does something similar to what the the flaming sphere does, and you, uh, you know, another tendril has come out to replace the one that was burned off, and your arrow just shears through it. Now there are two tendrils lying on the ground, uh, thudding to the ground beside the creature. Nice. Uh, and Flick is somewhat pleased with himself, I imagine. <laughs> I think very pleased. Uh, so that brings us back around to the top of the round and this creature. Now this creature already has Bizdir in its clutches, uh, and so it is going to just continue to sort of poke you and stab you with the uh, with the thorns on the tendrils that are already enveloping you. Oh, at the start of the turn, however, Bizdira, you can feel that not only are the thorns sort of tearing into you, but they are coated in some sort of acid that is burning you. And so you're going to take seven acid damage at the top of the round. You sure it's not poison? I am, and I checked, and I was like, oh, what a shame. If this was poison, it would be way better for her. All right. I know, sorry. Uh, and then it's going to try and just stab you even deeper. Uh, oh no. Well, that's a crit. 10, 20, nope. 27 piercing on that one. Okay. And then it's going to squeeze the other tendril that's got you in its clutches. Oh, that actually might not hit. That is a terrible, terrible roll. Does a, what's its modifier? Oh yeah, does a 14 hit you? 
Thank God, no. <laughs> okay, so the second one, you manage to like get your arm in between you and the other tendril a little bit, so it can't dig deeper into you, um, which is which is nice. Which is nice. Um, great, my turn. No. Oh, and also oh. you have to tell me if he went away from the sphere or not. Uh oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, its turn is not over, so no, it has not. But but give me just a moment. <laughs> That's at the end of its turn, right? Correct. I believe so. I have a question as well. Are we still in the moon magic day? Shit. <laughs> sorry. Because it's three days, yeah? Oh. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm so yes, sorry. Yes, you are. All right, those of you, the, you two, let's have some rolls. Sorry. Good call. It is still a moon sorry, day. Sorry, sorry. My bad. I can't um, even be no. mad because I did that last time. It's <laughs> true. Sure. All right, let's let's see. Uh, Kit, you cast first. So what's your number? Ninety-four. Did you? I got oh, a ninety-five. A <gasps> I got a ninety-five. <laughs> oh, that those are different. Oh. Okay, they're different. Two okay, different okay. Ones. okay. Yeah, ninety-three and ninety-four are the same, but ninety-five. I was gonna be different. like twins. You two become Siamese twins. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, we conjoined. <laughs> okay, Kit, let's start with you. So as Kit casts this flaming sphere, uh, you know, as always, like you all know, this happens when she casts it. There's this sort of bright flash as the fe- as the sphere appears. Uh, Kit, you sort of feel yourself filled with a fire all your own. And when you're, you know, after that very brief flash, you all look, and Kit is twice her normal size. Amazing. Finally, I'm taller than them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You are considered large uh, and, and you will use any of your any of your phys- any of your melee attacks do an additional d4 of damage. Ooh. Uh, flick. <laughs> oh god, here it comes. Now, did you move at all? No. Stood right where I am. Okay. How am I going to describe this? You cast your Zephyr Strike and you begin to move like the wind, right? It speeds you up. It gives you a little bit of maneuverability and power. But more than ever before, you do sort of feel like the wind in that you're very quick, but also in that like you feel lighter and sort of a little bit, a little bit maybe like, like your skin is a little thinner and everything is there. And all the rest of you, not Vizdira, fortunately, since she is in fact 40 feet ahead, uh, but all of the rest of you feel this as well. And you you get the feeling that you don't want to be stabbed with anything too sharp uh, for the moment. Uh, so mechanically speaking, all of you have vulnerability to piercing damage for the next minute. Okay. Oh. Fortunately, and this is why I asked if you moved, fortunately, Bizdira is not in the area of that, because that would have been very bad since this creature is doing piercing damage. Oh, sorry. And I literally have nine hit points left. Oh, well, that's not a good sign either, because the other, somehow, this creature's turn is still not over. Uh, It does, so it grabs, you know, the tendrils that are wrapped around you, Bizdira, as they squeeze, uh, and then... You sort of watch with horror as the two tendrils that were sheared off of this thing begin to wiggle and move and pounce to attack you as well, Bizdira. And that is where we're going to leave it for this time. Oh god, we gotta burn him. We gotta burn him. I had plans. Me too. I had such plans. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to find out if Bizdira survives. You, I feel like that has been my question more than At least uh-huh. three times. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, melee fighter. Like, it's it's what's going to It's happen. fair. You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at, at DND Last Refuge. That's at D. 
the letter M, D, Last Refuge. If you've got more than 280 characters to say to us, you can also email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D, you can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Huff, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I am your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, I have... Bizdira, Kit, Bria, and Afalik. Happy gaming, y'all. You feel Lisa, something. Le- is she is, is she trying to get she's to your dice? A panic attack. <laughs> she's like she's like kicking at the blanket and just like I don't know what's going on. There goes the cat Liana. with the dice again. <laughs> what she roll? What'd you roll, Liana? She rolled a three. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what she's doing. (laughs) She's living her life.